good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome back to the Dave's I Know podcast, episode 305. Guys, 305 goddamn episodes. Uh, Season 8 of the Dave's I Know kicks off right now. Season 8. When Dave and Martin and I started this thing uh, back in uh, 2017, no idea it would still be going. Um, But here we are, and we are still going. Uh, We have... The always lovely, uh, always amazing Jess. Jess, how are you doing? I am wonderful. It's Friday. I'm employed. I'm insured. And, you know, some... I I can't complain. Yeah, there you go. Soccer season is upon (laughs) us! It it, it has. It is and it it has. Uh, And then we also have Dan Wade uh, filling in for MJ today. MJ, uh, unfortunately, has, uh, has some family stuff going on where we give him some time and respect and some space um and dan uh graciously stepped in to help fill the mj void uh dan how you doing bud i am doing well i am also employed and insured and <laughs> that's this is it's a it's just a it's a very nice place to be i think when you're not those things maybe you lose Life track of just, just how good it is to be able to like well if i need to go to the doctor i can and yeah. that's that's pretty rad so i'm uh yeah. I, I can't fill the MJ void, but uh, I will certainly do uh, do my best. No one can fill the MJ no void. That's, that's, the that's, MJ-shaped that's, hole. Yeah, that's, that is, that's the point. Is no one can actually fill the MJ void properly. But yeah, last time, Dan, when was the last time you were on the podcast, Dan? It, was, it must have uh, been... It was, it was the special Heath Out episode. Oh, oh right. Man. At the end of last year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so... Yeah, Dan and I, you know, we we chat. We, we're we're in the neighborhood together, so we hang out uh, occasionally at the Black Card or whatever. And and Dan was very excited about his new job, and it sounds like a really awesome job. And um, yeah, super exciting, super exciting for Jess with her new job too. Uh, and yeah, so let's uh, let's kick into it. Um, so what's this is the 2024 hastily thrown together Loons Preview Podcast Extravaganza. However. Ooh. We need to stop and we need to let we need to clear out. We're all clearing out and we're letting Jess do some promotion because all right. Jess all has right. an amazing thing coming up. There is. Uh, if you have ever said to yourself, well, I would like to see Jess uh, perform burlesque. Now is your chance on the horizon Thursday, March 14th. Uh, my dance class and I will be recitaling at the Blackhearts. And um, I can just say right now, it is not what you are expecting. When I say burlesque, it's so much better. (laughs) So come on down, support the arts and the tarts. And um, I can't wait to see you there. That's awesome. That's super cool. Um, Blackheart, obviously, where a lot of us watch our soccer. Most of us watch our soccer. 
Yeah, uh, make sure you go to the bank, uh, take out you know a thousand dollars in ones, and then give them all to Jess at the Blackheart. That would be and my awesome. friends and my friends okay. too. Yeah, um, no time, Jess. You don't have time yet, but I, but most uh, most of the shows that they do at the Blackheart don't start before like eight or, or nine. nine. So um, burlesque is not typically like a daylight hours activity in <laughs> no. my experience. Although no, it's more to, fun in the dark. To be fair, I've seen some uh, daylight burlesque and also was fun too so um the best was actually uh was it it was a bus it was it was drag but it was uh we are was, close cousins there is a lot of venn diagram there there is when ragnar was i think he was must have been like nine months old or something we we brought him to the Blackheart to meet some friends and and then there was like just like a random drag show that was happening um, at the Blackheart, no. yeah <laughs> On a Sunday afternoon, I think it was, it was like a it was like a fundraising show, and so there's a we have a picture of Ragnar with this drag queen at like nine months old, and we're like, and she hold she held him, and it was like kind of amazing. <laughs> like, yes, we need to do more. And I told Wes, like, now that the patio's out there, like more drag brunches, please, please. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Anyways, yes, please come support Jess uh, at the Black Heart on March 14th. I know. She's been working. She's been working very hard at this. She's had a couple shows already. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to be there. I'm planning on making it to the March 14th show. So, and um, if you are curious about burlesquing yourself, you are welcome because I am performing with the Rose Academy of Burlesque. So that's where I take classes, and like I said, it's like a dance recital only for adults. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can I do burlesque? Like you me? can. Yes, we welcome all ages except for under 18 right all <laughs> gender expressions all um all bodies everyone is welcome here that's honestly just like i might take you up on that because i don't know my shimmy, shimmy shake y'all yeah my uh, i i got some i got rhythm you know as for a white guy i got rhythm so um <laughs> uh also my daughter is really like she's been really into dancing she wants to dance whenever she comes home from school or whatever and dancing and whatever. And so like, I dance with her all the time. And uh, I, was telling, I was telling Anna, I was like, Oh, should we should probably like get her to do dance class or ballet. And then I was like, Oh fuck her, her aunt, my, my sister-in-law is, is a fucking dancer. I was like, let's talk to her about dancing. <laughs> like what, what she could do. But also like, I would, you know, if, if there's dude burlesque, I would be, I, you know, I would not be opposed to to doing some dude burlesque. So um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, I uh, hit you up on that offline. Let's jump in. Uh, the 2024 hastily thrown together Loons Preview Podcast um, extravaganza uh, brought to you by what was your the the, the burlesque the Rose Academy of Burlesque Rose Academy of Burlesque brought to you by the Rose Academy of Burlesque. Um, let's talk first and foremost the kit. Starting that kit, what'd you guys think? I'm a big fan. I like. I bought one. So I, I'm I, I will. I, I haven't gotten mine yet. I, look, my thing is that MLS doesn't have the the history and the like weighty moral authority to say like, oh, we're only going to do boring kits because we've always done boring kits. Like, try stuff. Be be bold. Do big things. Right. So I get it. Like, I think the people who didn't like it really, really didn't like it. Uh, my wife took one look at it and said it looked like a T-shirt that you bought at the Science Museum. And <laughs> also. Won. Completely cool. correct. <laughs> Completely correct. But and also, two, I wear those. Exactly. That was my response. I was like, yeah, it looks great. And then I realized that we had a miscommunication on, on gift shop t-shirt uh, <laughs> paraphernalia. 
so look, I like I like it. Even if I didn't, I would be glad they took a big swing with it. it it's looking at their so looking at Minnesota United's two kits, like so the Northern Lights kits and this kit, like that's the most iconic like set of kits I think I've ever seen in MLS. Mm-hmm. Um which is since they started being able to do sublimation with the Adidas kits. Um, I mean, I think they'll, they'll, we'll see more of this, but like, that's like, like if you look at like any like pairs of kits right now in MLS, Minnesota has the, the most iconic ones. Like whether you like them or not, you know, that's for everybody to, to decide. But the actual like, you know, the Northern Lights and the Starry Night, like it's 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 brilliant. I mean, in terms of like, um, marketing and stuff. So good on them. Jess, what you, what's your thoughts? Well, I just had to Google it now. So there's that. Uh, initial impression, I was like, are those galaxies? And then I was like, they kind of look like galaxies to me. So I'm going to say that they are. And then it made me think of space buns for my hair. And I looked at them actually right next to each other uh, on right away because both came up, both jerseys when I Googled. And I think they look really good next to each other. Um, mm-hmm. I think it almost looks like, I don't know, like like we had a vision or something, like for more than one kit in a row. Weird, right? I don't want to give anybody credit that isn't due. So like that proof remains to be seen. However, the I think the light blues complement, but not too close, and the pink and the very, very lightest blue of the galaxies. Chef's kiss. I like it. I don't know that I'll buy one because I love the kits I have. And uh, Mama B, you know, penny pinching. The risk. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Understand totally, totally. So, um, love yeah, it. I'm not buying it. Yeah, not gonna lie. I went and looked at it, and I was like, oh, "Fuck, I, I think I have to buy that one." So I bought it's sitting in my, uh, in my uh, closet right now. I, I'm, I'm, I might, I'm going to the sauna gala for goals on Saturday. I might put it on underneath my dress shirt so that when I go to the black card <laughs> afterwards, I can just like rip off my dress shirt and be like, "Yeah." Um, well, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, all right. Uh, the next kind of big thing, um, uh, call it El Amad. Uh, since we last uh, spoke on the podcast about a month ago, um, he's he was he showed up. He, you know, he, he was finally able to get here. He had a work visa, work visa taken care of. Uh, he has done one interview, one interview only with uh, the uh, Minnesota United podcast podcast uh, that was hosted by Kendra D. St. Aubin. So a team centered, team focused podcast. Um, not with any other journalists, not with Greeter, not with even fucking sycophant Jerry Zagoda over there. Um, but now that he's not here, I don't know uh, if, you know, he has anybody else to jerk him off while he's writing quotes down or something. So, um, but I will say, uh, I, th- I thought it was an interesting interview. Um, he definitely mentioned that he wanted to get younger. Uh, he wanted to do more pressing. Uh, he mentioned data several times in a in a good respect, like that he appreciated data. He's, they were going to use data, um, and then you know just you know, obviously talked about Cam Knowles and 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 his uh, 
ability to lead the team while this and this is a couple weeks ago while he was searching for the, the manager. Uh, and then he did some kind of pandering to the fan base about just keeping the faith and without actually addressing the fan base. So I don't know. Um, Dan, did you listen to this this uh, podcast at all? The, the Sounds of the Loon podcast? I, I did. Uh, my number one takeaway was that uh, their audio engineer uh, <laughs> probably should have been beaten with about the head and hands with a stick. Also, that first... he kept like give like banging his mouth against the <laughs> uh, against the microphone. So it was yeah. it was just not great. Uh, honestly, though, I, I came away from it just incredibly impressed with him as a person. Um, right. The way he the way right. he talked about his his history and his story, it just reflected someone who's very contemplative, someone who was very self aware, and. I just the the way that he was talking about how grateful he was for opportunities, but how hard he worked to ensure that he always got the next one just really impressed me. Um, look, I'm I'm a sucker for all the things he brought up. Like, yes, we need to get younger. MLS benefits when people play high pressing style. Right. Red Bull proved that for years and years. And I mean, if you want me to just like back you pretty much blindly just tell me that it's all data driven and I'll, I'll sign off on that. That's totally fine. So this was like pandering to me directly. Uh, <laughs> so I'm trying to like, I, like, I, honestly, uh, Dan, I think to, I think to a lot of people and I, I, I'm not saying that he's trying to pander. I think, no, I think no, he no. actually truly believes this stuff. That's the impression I got from the, the, that interview is that he truly believes that stuff too. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I get the sense that he is just, I think this was a dynamite hire and I like, I understand that the the delay in coming over and Barnsley being weird. I like, there's a little bit of a pall over it, but I think once that clears, I think we're going to be incredibly grateful that he's leading the team. One of the other things that really sort of, I don't want to say changed my opinion, but pushed me into like, okay, maybe this is a really good hire is Tom Bogert of the athletic was talking about the hire and how, for him, it was not a name that he was super aware of, and he was so-so on it because he didn't have otherwise. And a bunch of sources came out of the woodwork to tell him, no, this guy is really sharp. So I'm a big fan. I mean, the proof will, will be what it is, right? But I, I, he's checked all the boxes for me so far. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a little frustrated. I mean, I know he, 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 you know, he came in later than, anticipated right they hired in in november he wasn't actually here until january um that's frustrating um that the team that the team can't get their shit together and get visas and stuff but that's neither here nor there right he he's here but the fact that since he's been here i know and i know he went like he got here probably signed his paperwork and then went straight to tucson the fact that he hasn't done anything um with any other local media up until like through like through this point uh is a frustrating thing i i um i know that there's some you know conversations about having him meet with the wonderwall people but that's again not going to happen for a little while and like after the season starts and again that seems like a just like a missed opportunity for the team to just get this guy in front of people because he sounded like in the in the interview like he was seemed very charming and like very like knew what was going on he had he was completely there he he knew exactly it seems like he knew exactly what he wanted to do and 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 having not having the opportunity to convey that to other people um and just doing it on the the you know the team's podcast just seems like a missed opportunity 
um because mm -hmm. i feel like he could have done a little bit of rounds and made that uh you know a part of his a part of his you know pr tour or whatever but um to your point dan though i think i it seems he seems like a great hire and i i, I yeah i, I, I listened to that video with tom and um i mean i've never i i was like okay this is interesting i'm not not gonna like hold any judgment on anybody um clearly this is the person that you know uh bill and sherry wanted to hire and they did their they they're like well you know what if we have to wait until june we'll wait till june and they were able to figure something out before that so um that kind of leads us to uh the the news that not official yet because the team hasn't announced it but it's basically official. Uh, Eric Ramsey is uh, the new, will be the come the new head coach of Minnesota United. Um, I think it's ESPN reporting it, and is the Athletic reporting it too? I think Dan? the Athletic confirmed, yeah. Yeah, um, but the team has actually not officially announced it yet. Uh, that uh, Eric Ramsey, who's a Man United assist, uh, Man United assistant coach, um, will become the new manager of uh, Minnesota United. To going from one MNU to another MNU. Uh, he's 32 <laughs> years old, Jess. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a kid. He's a kid. He's a baby. He's um, literally the youngest head that. coach in MLS history, yeah? The youngest permanent head coach. Permanent, there, permanent there, head there's, coach. there's an interim coach that was that was a little bit younger, but yeah, he'll be the youngest uh, ever head coach in, or, you know, head, you know, manager in MLS history. Um he comes from Man like I said, Manchester United. Uh, he started there as a set piece coach, I believe, under uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, um, and then worked under so Ralph Rannick, and then he's been working under Eric Ten Hagen. So he's he's mad he's he's managed to last over three different uh, Man U managers, and so a person like me who loves, you know sliding in the pig shit of man you being terrible at soccer uh <laughs> finds it funny that there's been three different managers um and you know a lot more since uh uh sir alex Ferguson left but i think it's it speaks a lot to this guy's ability that two different managers have kept him on after their appointment like right <laughs> so like normally when managers come in they they change their backroom staff completely and R Ralph Ragnick was a uh, was was an interim. He wasn't really uh, he wasn't going to be the full time manager. So obviously, probably it, it makes sense that he kept on. But like when uh, Erickson Hagen came in, you would expect him to bring in as many people mm -hmm. um, that he wanted in his staff, and he right. kept this guy on. The, it's the way the same, same way I feel about Pep Linders, right? Pep Linders was not a Jurgen Klopp hire. Pep Linders was a Brendan Rodgers hire, um, who came in. Uh, with Brandon Rogers, and then when Clock came in, he recognized, "Oh, this guy's really good. I'm going to keep. I'm going to move him into a different position, different role." And then now he's like, you know, going to be a really good um, managerial candidate uh, in Europe. You know, next year when when the season's done. So uh, everybody, you know, bitching about the guy, the fact that the guy's like three different uh, Man U managers. I actually think that's a good thing for him that the fact that he's stuck around um, as long as he has. Um, Dan, do you have any thoughts on, on this kid? Yeah. Like, I, I, was, I And I will say kid because we are all older than this guy. This guy's a kid. He is. He absolutely is a kid. And 
I I am a huge fan of this hire. Like everything I've read about this guy is once again, he's super thoughtful. He puts in a ton of work behind the scenes. I think what speaks really highly of him is at what would he have been like in his twenties, he joins Manchester United. That's a pretty pinnacle appointment, particularly at his age. And instead of saying, Oh my gosh, like I am an absolute top class set piece coach he doubles down and he learns how to be an incredibly top class assistant coach. So it's not even just that, Oh, like, Hey, we have a great set piece coach. Why would you mess with that? He it's not just that he's lasted through three managers. He's gotten promoted by each of those managers. So it isn't just like, ah, he managed to avoid the ax. Like he has proven himself valuable to, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a very well-respected coach. Ralph Ragnick basically revolutionized German soccer. It made it what it is today. And Eric Ten Hag was the hottest managerial candidate, both physically and in terms of reputation, <laughs> uh, the year that that he left Ajax or PSV? Ajax. 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 Um, yeah, he left from Ajax. So, so yeah. look, these aren't chumps that thought this guy was really good. I mean, we can we can sort of take him – we can take their opinion as being valuable, even if they then also went to Manchester United, which is a shit pit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, these, was, these are not like Roy Hodgson, like, you know, de- like – delirious kind of like walking around the pitch like just mumbling mumbling things like these are actually good coaches who understand skill and understand the technique and, and the technical abilities and things like that like they and they chose to keep him number one and then just promote him as well yeah i think the the thing that really struck me as okay like this guy's the real deal is so he's welsh he's he's fluent in english french and spanish and and it, and Welsh. And well, oh, okay. I didn't know if he also spoke Welsh, but yeah. I mean, so, I, I I assumed like Welsh, French, and Spanish, and then I was like, oh yeah, he also kind of maybe kind of maybe speaks English as well. So. Or or well, he speaks Manx, so we'll see. Uh, yeah. We'll see how well look at his actual English is. But um, point being, like, this is a guy who has invested a lot in his own development. He's invested a lot in becoming a really really top class coach, and I'm genuinely really excited. If I if there's any downside to this hire, in my opinion, it's that if he absolutely comes through and kills it, just turns Minnesota United into an MLS Cup caliber team, I think retaining him could be really difficult. But yeah. hell, that's like the definition of a good problem to have. So right. between this guy and Khalid El Ahmad, I just just for a brief moment, let's all take back, take a step <laughs> back and reflect on the fact that this time last year, we didn't have Khaled El Ahmad. We didn't have Eric Ramsey. And by the way, if I end up writing about this season, I'm going to make so many Gordon Ramsey puns. It will blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Ramsey takes Minnesota United through Hell's Kitchen. Like, you'll you'll be so sick. <laughs> uh, yeah. We had Adrian Heath. Instead of these two guys who are thoughtful and articulate and have uh, embraced data. And uh, one of the things that Khaled El Ahmad said that impressed the hell out of me was how much he was investing in every member of the staff, not just coaching staff, but like janitors, kitmen, because in, in his words, in the interview, they all see different parts of the enterprise that he doesn't get to see. So he needs right. them to trust him. I thought that was super impressive. And instead of people like that, we had Adrian Heath. How could you not be excited about that change? Right. No, I agree. And, the, the thing that excites me about 
this hire again it, it, it sucks that it's uh i mean i've now my my team has been hired two managers uh one an Everton guy one a manu <laughs> guy which is for a liverpool fan fucking sucks however i don't think this guy when i meet him for the first time um is going to be an asshole to me like i think this guy actually will appreciate uh a, a fan and someone who you know has supported a team for a long fucking time um and not just be a dick a, a straight up dickhead to him so i know there's there there was a couple tweets to be, be like oh is ramsey out going to be the thing now with with dave's i know no no guys we're given we're giving this guy as much opportunity as we possibly can. Like I want to give him all of the rope, all of the leash. I, I just, I want him to be able to like, like set this Take thing up. Take you and, and, and hold you and tell you what to do. You know what? If you guys sound like you want to fuck. Yeah. If he wants to cradle me, if he wants to like spoon me, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'll be a little spoon. I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with you a little spoon. Are you going to um, work the balls while you. Maybe weird at the little spoon. Cause I have to like, Put my hand behind my back, but you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. it yes, I'm. You know, I am nothing if not a, a gracious lover. So um, I think I've heard that before, but it was also from you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I agree, I, Dan. I, I I fully agree. I think this is. I think this is. A, this is like this is an aspirational hire, right? I, and it could like aspirational in that it could it could be you know shot to the moon for this guy um and it also could fucking you know challenger you know <laughs> just explode um and i think that's i think i i, I think our friend colin um in, in a slack that we're in was basically like yeah like mls is like a good place to go if you want to be a manager because either you you hit it and you go or you hit it and you crash land and then like everybody's like oh it was an mls it doesn't fucking matter so matter. um i I, I, but I, I don't, I mean, I, I understand that belief and I, but I don't necessarily think that that is the way that, uh, that Khalid El Ahmad is approaching this hire. Um, and that Eric Ramsey taking in taking this job is approaching that. I'm a little, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little concerned like that they don't have a ton of MLS experience, especially with the particular MLS shenanigans and rules, but. I know we've talked about uh, we talked about this in the I think the last podcast like and I think Dan you and I have talked about this like they have people in place to like manage the roster stuff so I'm I'm a little less concerned about that stuff if if Ahmad is El Ahmad is good at identifying the talent we have people in his office who are good at like figuring out the contracts and this guy is good at like putting people on the pitch it should all work it should all work and. Hopefully it all works. Yeah, and like we'll find out, right? I mean, right. I, I don't Pretty know. Quickly. I, I just I keep coming back to like this time last year. This was all Adrian Heath, who did know the MLS rules, and yet we still seemed to never really use our our spots effectively. And you know, so I I'm willing to give these guys a, a, a just a ton of leash. Um, the guy I think you're talking about, though, with who knows MLS rules is uh, Hank Steubens, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. That dude has been sharp. I had no idea who he was when he came here, but he's done a really good job this offseason with what was probably an unplanned amount of authority in his office these days. Right. Well, so let's, 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 let's talk about that. Um, 
new guys that came in. So we, we brought in a bunch of, bunch of depth USL pieces, right? So like we haven't made a, so we, we taken like, I don't know, a semi big swing on Victor Eric. Wick, I'm calling him Victor, Victor Erickson, <laughs> uh, Victor the Wecking, um, Victor Erickson, the Swedish, uh, once capped Swedish uh, national team player, who's just a big fucking defender in, in the center. Um, that is probably our biggest swing right now, right? And I think the whole point, and then we then we brought in a bunch of really good depth USL pieces um, who should be able to, you know, bring this team forward. Um, they're they're good guys, uh, good good players on good teams that are maybe taking a step up, right? So it, it, it's not like we're not going and getting you know. Vemos vets, but this team does the team theoretically. I think Dan, you made this point in in either a writing or on this podcast earlier, uh, you know, last year. Um, we don't need a ton of big swings on this roster right now. We might need a big swing maybe in in the summer. But we don't need a big swing, a lot of big swings right now. We need depth, and I think did we did we get that? Do we do we f- figure out the depth depth that we need? I think I think you can make the argument we did. I think one of the things I really like about the offseason the Loons had is you know, flashback to this time last year. This team is old. Mm-hmm. They were like the fifth oldest team in MLS or something like that. And they had a lot of offseason roster decisions about some of those really veteran players. Will Trap and Michael Box are the two big ones. Zarek Valentin's on that list too. And they re-signed them all. Do not ever they- Derek Valentin is, is a loon for life as far as I'm concerned. So, I love that. Anyways, I love I that know. dude. I know, but he's not a spring chicken. chicken. <laughs> Listen, um, and, and I know Zarek and the one around me working on some um, some shit for this year. So, let's, well, yeah, yeah, keep, yeah. But point being, like, they they had these veteran voices and they retained them. They they made that choice. Um, rose and cons to both sides. But I think what that meant is coming into the offseason, they needed to get young. They needed to find players who were – who could be the next generation of loons players of, of like lifelong loons. And you can do that through the draft. They did it a little bit. They haven't signed their first round pick yet. We'll see if that happens. Uh, but the other way you do it is. I think they're, I think they're waiting on uh, Bongi getting his uh, green card and all of that stuff going through. That, that's, that's also my that's also my guess, but we'll find out tomorrow. Literally yeah. within the next twenty four hours, they've got to have that solved. So, but yep. so look, I mean, take the players they've signed, I, I, and it's easy to forget Caden Clark because he was at the end of the last transfer window in just a weird ass move. But Caden Clark is twenty, and Victor Erickson twenty three. The oldest dude they signed this offseason, Derek Dodson, is twenty five. And the only reason I hate that signing is because. Dodson, D-O-D-S-O-N, and Dotson, D-O-T-S-O-N. Too close. Too <laughs> close. <laughs> I'm going to need some distance. Brother, tell me about it. I'm <laughs> hating it already. They can't pronounce the, the names right that are totally different from one another. <laughs> so no one's going to have enough diction for this one, boys and girls. I can't handle it. I'm going to demand we have more British commentators because i think we from then we can get the duddison and the dutson and that's that's all i ever want in life 
But look, Dodson, Dodson, look, I just did it. Dodson is 25, and he is the oldest player they signed. Carlos Harvey, 24, from Phoenix Rising, highly regarded as a central midfielder. Alejandro Braun, 22 from Costa Rica. I, I, I'm not, like... I would be lying to you if I said I had any opinion on this. We have, we have a we have a really good track record with Costa Rican uh, 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 midfielders and defense defensive players. So let's let's put it that way. We do yeah. have a good track record with uh, Costa Rican uh, midfielders and defensive you know, midfielders. Though so. it it really just depends on what metric you're using because uh, yeah, Francisco Calvo wasn't good as a soccer player, but he's I mean, probably the second most memeable Dan of all time. <laughs> if it if it's if it's the fucking fine. Fucking find, fuck around and find out metric. Then yeah, we're we're fucking great. We're amazing. We're, we're great. We're, we, we are we, we are, are ten, <laughs> ten of ten. We're ten of ten on that shit. So yeah. Uh, uh, but other guys yeah. like I I love the Moses Nyman acquisition. Um, he's twenty. Uh, so he kind of bounced off uh, his transfer to Belgium and wasn't superb in MLS two last year. MLS next, whatever, whatever they're calling mm-hmm. it. But when he was 17, 18 and getting starting minutes for DC United, nobody was complaining about him then. So I think that's a good hire or good acquisition. I think Caden Clark may be a great acquisition. These guys are 20, right? Yes. Like, they, I, and I would, I would say, yeah. Ju- so, uh, Jess, do you know who Caden Clark is? No. Okay. So can you describe him off of that picture I sent you in the, in the, in the chat? Uh, sure. Let me take a look. I gotta download it. In the chat. In our in our in our yep, Zoom I chat. Got it. No. Okay. He looks I, like jailbait. Yeah. He is he twelve? Close twenty. Close twenty, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, just about. So he can't legally drink. Uh, no. That's he can't come to the black heart. He can't even watch burlesque, probably. No, <laughs> just kidding. 18, 18 plus. Um, he looks like a baby. So basically all of our players are like now toddlers. They were senior citizens and now they're toddlers. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of got freaky Friday, basically. That's a a good thing. That's a good thing, Jess. That's a very good thing. Chickens. Let's go. So, yeah. So, so Caden Clark, this kid, uh, he grew up in Minnesota. Um, went he went to the Red Bulls, um, Minnesota, they, they got <laughs> how much money did they get from him, Dan? Uh, for him because his rights. Yeah, it uh, wasn't. It wasn't it, for him. It was for his homegrown rights. Yeah, it was like fifty thousand or something, like fifty thousand in gam, something like that. But it cost Caden Clark a start in his first game because Red Bulls hadn't f- remembered that they had to acquire his rights. Yeah. So he was supposed to start, and then like not more than forty-eight hours before. They were like, oh, shit, we have to trade for his rights. Otherwise, he can't technically play for it. Oh, no. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. And then and then he he went to Germany um, and never he I think he maybe got like one or two starts or one or two appearances with Red Bull and then came back. And, and so he's been I mean, he's been basically not he has not played since uh, January, I would assume, of last year. So um, why do we want him? So uh, he's, at, he's good and he's yeah. fucking 20 years old. Much like Moses. He's fucking Nyman, young. Much, much like Moses Nyman went to Europe, did not have a great experience there. But if you take out that part 
and you look at his pedigree up to the point mm-hmm. that he got on the plane to Europe, right. the, both of those signings would be, holy crap, they got Caden Clark and they right. got Moses. And so, yeah, the shine has come off them a little bit, but I don't know about you guys. I like, I made some mistakes in that like 18, 19, 20. I'm still making mistakes, bro. Like, Oh, f- no, for sure. Believe me. I'm not saying I got it figured out. I'm just saying like in that time period, I, I no maybe idea. thought I was a little more developed than like I actually was. And, you know, 23, 24 started to correct some of those things. So I'm, I have an, um, uh, an unlimited amount of grace for, Hey, I thought I could go play professional soccer anywhere at 19. And it turns out living alone in Europe is hard. And being in a place where you don't speak the language is hard. And so when these guys come back, I like I get why people are like, ah, these are just, you know, reclamation project hires. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, I don't think so. I think these are actually really good signings that we got for pennies on the dollar. Dan, yeah. th- this is why I'm sending my kids to the German immersion school so that when they become Ger- soccer players, they can go to Germany very easily. <laughs> and they know the language and they can learn French and they can like actually the German immersion school. Uh, spoiler alert here uh, in in uh sixth seventh eighth grade you can learn spanish too so my kids will become trilingual trilingual and then they can go to you know wales and learn fucking welsh whichever that i mean that's a just a garbage language but you know they can learn it too so Uh, they should learn swiss german and then you can have them go play for jerry who i think is uh running a u16 he he is running yes i i i we need to get jerry back on the podcast i got i should reach out to him and I said I sent him a Christmas card every year, so I should really uh, pay I, the international postage on that. Listen, bud, it's 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 like forty five cents for a postcard <laughs> to, to fucking Switzerland. I should actually I should reach out to Jerry, uh, get him back on the podcast. That'd be fun. Um, okay, so those are the new guys. A lot of a lot of USL, not a ton of uh, of MLS uh, depth. Obviously, Caden Clark being uh, interesting, um, but he was announced before the season even ended. Yeah. Victor Erickson, I think. So of the of the players that we that have come in, um, Victor Erickson being probably one who might start um, possibly uh, semi regularly. Uh, I think you know Miguel Tapias and Michael Boxall are the are the main center backs, but I think Victor Erickson might sub in there occasionally. Caden Clark, obviously, I think will step in when Ray's unable to play, and who knows what the fuck's going on with Ray right now. Um, he's been, oh, no, is he still MIA? He's, well, no, he's still, he's, no, he's, he's here, but he's like every, every Andy Greeter tweet is like, oh, Ray started training and then he stepped off because he got hurt or something. So no one there's knows. Something, with, there's with something Ray. up with his knee. I didn't, yeah. Greeter had a piece on it earlier and I haven't read it yet, but um, yeah, I'm not that worried about him. Okay. Thank you. Um, but one of the big things is that, uh, Bongi got his green card. So that frees up an international roster spot. Just fucking awesome for him. Um and awesome for the team. Um and to Dan to your point, the uh uh Bacharach, the um Burt Bacharach, the defender <laughs> that they uh that they that they drafted, uh highly rated defender that they that they he will cost the team an international spot um because he is from uh, Spain, correct? Or yeah, I think. Oh, it's I don't. I, yeah, I think he is. Por- Spain, it's Spain yeah. or Portugal. It's one. Of, it's one of those two. Anyways, um, he you know, it's, in spite of being a, you know, 
playing in Indiana, um, he is international. So he would cost a, a roster spot. So Bonky getting a green card is really fucking great. Uh, good on the team's lawyers for, you know, being doing the diligence to do that. I have other questions and, and frustrations with the team's lawyers for that, but other for other reasons that don't revolve around um, green cards and player acquisitions. But uh, Bonky green card is great. Um, frees up another international roster spot. Uh, and then, I don't know, is, is the – Dan, did you see who the, the coaching staff – the coaching staff tweet from Greeter? Yeah. Uh, with, uh, so it's uh, Cameron Knowles as head coach. We all kind of knew. Um, Fernando Adi, uh, good, a good old friend, Fernando Adi. Jeremy Hall, and then as the assistant coaches, and then uh, Cristiano Costa as the goalkeeping coach. And um, I guess that – I don't know. It, it's it's funny. I would really like Cam to step down whenever whenever they know that uh, Ramsey's coming in and let Fernando Adi just like, take over. And so like <laughs> we have an interim to an interim to an interim. Uh, I I know the team will not appreciate that, but I that'd be fucking hilarious. I like, do it uh, at halftime. Do it at halftime of the Austin game. Just like I'm, switch. I'm, I'm stepping back to take over the twos again. Uh, and then just Fernando, I become so like interrupted in from the, you know, like just like a fucking like tenant situation where it's like <laughs> wheels upon wheels and all that. So, uh, anything else from the Minnesota United offseason that we should talk about? I think it was weird, man. Like, Keith got fired. They confirmed Macaulay as interim coach and Macaulay left. Those are all exactly one month after each other, which is just wild. Like, it's just one of those weird coincidence things. But, like, I think I think living through it, it was super frustrating. I think there are there's a very reasonable way, very reasonable reason to believe that it set the team back for particularly the first half of this season. Yeah. I think this time next year, it's going to be water under the bridge. I think we're going to be really excited about where the team is. And I think getting the right people, even though it's going to cost them, you know, a few games here at the beginning. And honestly, we can talk about this later, but their starting stretch, even if they had gotten a coach in any something, any sense, a timely time period, uh, they were going to lose those games anyway. So <laughs> maybe it doesn't no. even matter that much. It. And Dan, yeah, Dan, that's that's like that's like a, I think that's a, a good point that I've I don't know uh, I, people I've talked to or I've tried to convey to you like it's frustrating that I mean they hired this guy in November and he they're like oh he might not start till June and you're like okay well then what the fuck are we doing and it it, it goes back to the lack of communication to the fans right um, and. They can back channel all they want uh, and talk to people all they want. But like, if none of that stuff is getting to the fans, um, then what, what, what the hell are they doing? And, you know, and, and especially, especially considering the tenor, like literally they fired Adrian Heath uh, before the end of the season because they needed the fans to, to like show up and be there and be present. Right. They didn't like, because they could have waited till the end of the year, but they're like, I think they clearly understood. Like, if it was a sacrifice, it was a if sacrifice. A, if, Adrian, if Adrian showed up and they lost a game, that that, that 
there was gonna be fucking riot. I mean, not riots. Obviously, we're you know we're oh yeah we're, we're not we're, we're not we're not we're not German sports we're not German <laughs> soccer fans, right? Like we're not gonna like fucking just burn the shit down. Which you know I I, I number one Speak appreciate. I, listen, as a as a Bundesliga zwei <laughs> uh, fan of Saint of FC Saint Pauli, I'm not gonna say one way or the other. Um, however, they understood like there was. And it was it wasn't just like assholes like me who are Heath out from the day from day one. Like it was like regular <laughs> people who were like Heath out. And yes. So like my 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 goddamn message got to everybody finally. Six seven goddamn years later, uh, finally got to everybody. And uh like I think that's my frustration with this team is that they just and it's not even that they're taking their time, right? I, I I think taking your time is good if you want to find the right things, but like this team has a communications problem. They do not talk to anybody outside of their internal podcast people. <laughs> um and they then even there they don't do a good job of actually communicating out. Uh because that podcast I mean how many I don't I, I would Dan, how many people do you think Subscribe to that, uh, the Sounds of the Loons podcast. Maybe, maybe 20,000, maybe. Oh, that would even be optimistic to me. Uh, right. I'm, I'm know, one, I, I subscribe to it, I listen to it, but like, let's, 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 let's call it 20. We'll give them, we'll give them one if they, they could fill Allianz with their subscribers. That'd be, yeah. And I don't know. You, you are, you are a marketing guy, you, you are a communications guy. Like, how is this? <laughs> make it make, make it make sense, Dan. Make it make sense, Dan. Make it make sense. David's making the like the angriest silent gestures you've ever seen on the Zoom. So that's what the that <laughs> extended pause was. Look, we could do an entire hour on how I would run Minnesota United's comms differently. Uh, because it would be like from tip to tail. Would I, you hire me? Would you hire not, me? Nuts to butts. Nuts to butts, Dan. Nuts to butts. <laughs> um, I would hire you, Jess. Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, cool. My my big thing with Minnesota United is they are running a sports team's comms the way that I would run like a bank's comms or like an insurance company. Something where you like you there's an expectation of privacy. You have to be insanely careful with what you put out. Um, one of my all-time favorite things I've ever done is I did a conference presentation on user-generated content. And it was me and like three other people. And we were all spitballing like all these ideas. And it was super great. And then there was uh, a woman from Scott Trade. I think she was like their head of, head of marketing or something like that, who at the end of it, like hadn't said that much. And so the moderator was like, oh, what do you have to say? And she was like, yeah, I couldn't do literally any of those things. Those are all SEC violations. <laughs> so we're like, oh, you got put on the wrong panel. <laughs> Sorry, because she was super bright. But like FinTech and like healthcare, like they just have different rules. And sports yep. has literally none of those things. Yeah. Like, the thing I come back to is Arsenal on their website literally hosts rumors about their own players, which we can have a conversation about whether that's good or not. Probably <laughs> not. No, no, no. I, I don't. I don't want that kind of transparency. But I would like a little more transparency. I like right. that kind. to to the to the rest of the fans, right? Like, and I'll, I'll just say this too. Like, I am I'm privy to a lot more information um, as a member of the Wonderwall board. Brag, 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 
that I'm actually able to share here. And even I'm still frustrated. Like I, like if, if like, so, and, and that's a, that's, that's a, that's the whole point of being on that board is that we work with the team. We, we respect the team's uh, obligations and things like that and privacy. And I don't want to, I don't want to betray any relationships and betray any trust or anything like that. But like, um, that like, we're not getting anything from them at all. I, and if I, I do wonder if this plays in and this is maybe me giving them a lifeline they don't deserve, but I'll throw it out there anyway. So if this were the Timberwolves or this were the twins or any of the sort of big four, there are beat writers who are solely devoted to that team. And so if you want to leak something and you want it done in like a super timely way and you want to control it, you have a relationship with those guys. You know how much to give them. There's a lot of give and take. Um, the Loons don't have that, right? Jerry Zagoda does a lot of stuff for the Strib. They, Andy, so... Andy Greeter is eyeballs deep in, in gopher stuff right now. And I think that's why we haven't gotten some of the updates yeah. on on people so, like Backrack so, and I know so Greeter Greeter is like he's actually he actually cares about this team. I just go to as a, a fucking um sycophant who just wants I think to, to talk to Bill McGuire about investment shit. I don't you know whatever. <laughs> um Greeter actually cares about it and I know the team has talked to Greeter and Greeter former podcast guest uh hopefully we'll get him on we should actually i should actually try and get him on before uh, oh and, and to be point. clear this isn't a shot at greeter at all i'm oh, just no, no, saying no, no, like no. he has because he has the ghost beat that yeah. takes up a lot of his time oh uh, absolutely and so yeah because of, because of the way the, the because of fucking newspapers and the way they are and and the uh um you know macheting of newspapers uh greeter has four beats right he has he has uh soccer uh he has go for Football, go for basketball, or I think he's three. Go for football, go for basketball, soccer. So it's like he's like, oh yeah, well I guess you can like divide yourself amongst all those beats, and uh, so yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't blame, I don't blame the local. I, I blame Jerry Zagoda because that dude has <laughs> that dude fucking sits around his goddamn golf cart and just fucking puts around and doesn't do jack shit about jack shit other than golf. Um, readers, I, I know he's out there. He's pounding the pavement. He's trying to do the shit. Uh, we have Jeff Reuter in town, but you know the Jeff, athletic... Jeff's national now, yeah, yeah, but he's now national, so he can do some stuff um, internally and and locally. But I mean, he's that's that's not his beat. He, he doesn't. It's not his thing that he's supposed to focus on. And yeah, so partially decline of national media. I I'll, I'll grant you that, Dan. Uh, but ever, however, it's like it's frustrating to me because. There is an opportunity, right, for this team to just be more uh, out there, yeah, than yeah. than they are, and they, and they, and they it, it seems like they're actively choosing to re- to like refuse to do that, I, I, and I it's, guess I don't understand that. It's risk aversion, right? Like they would rather, but they would rather have a story come out like like fifteen minutes before they sign a player then have to refute rumors that like, oh, they're like actually interested in Erling Holland, right? And and I get it. Like those are from a, a media relations standpoint, those are difficult calls. Like you don't want to have to shoot down every rumor, yada, yada, yada. But to your point, 
in being that risk averse, they are missing a huge amount of opportunity to give the fans something to engage with. And I think that's the thing is like they have by their lack of communication turned this into a team that people only care about when they're playing. And that sounds like a dumb thing, but think about the Vikings. Think about the Timberwolves. Think about the wild. People are obsessed year round and, and they don't. Sorry. 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 No, and, and like they, it's incumbent on them to feed that fire and they don't. And in a team that only that people only care about when like things happen to them or against them or you know like it's not like oh hey I'm gonna check in on to your point I don't I want to check in on the loons see how they're doing right um, because uh, like I I mean I don't know like the one of the greatest things in my life was I think in it was 2015 walking around the state fair. And seeing other people in loon shirts, like yes. Minnesota United kits, and I was like, "Oh, who the fuck are you? I've never, I've never seen you before. Who the fuck are you? Let's like, can we talk? We're friends. We're friends. Yeah. We don't know each We're other. Friends now. We are best friends now. Um, and 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 now, I mean, now you see a bunch of people in like in Miss, like I see people around town, like taking my kid to something or whatever. In in Loon's gear, I'm like, this is great. This is like." The whole fucking point. However, there's not a bigger conversation about this soccer team. Um, and it's this market is so ripe for just a team to be dominant and just be like, listen, we're going to the Western Conference Finals every fucking year. And we're gonna do it. And you know what? If if we if Minnesota United did that. This season is what it's it's ten goddamn months long, right? <laughs> there would be people, like I mean, and and, and and that's the other thing too is that like the the ownership of this team also understands like they've they basically they've sold out their most of their season tickets. They don't need to sell, no. like they sell it every year, every game. Um, they're still Wonderwall. FYI, for people listening to this podcast, there are still Wonderwall season tickets available if you want to buy a one-world season ticket you can do it um that's probably the best way to get in the stadium but mm -hmm. this if this team truly 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 invested uh in it in itself as much as it possibly can with you know what the mls salary cap went up to like what 7.5 million dollars this year something like that it was, it's something it's hilarious small it's like yeah. a, it, the entire roster is basically a middle reliever for the twins yeah, yeah exactly um yeah, whatever Louis, you know, Louis Varlin and two other dudes <laughs> are making. Um, however, if this team truly, truly invested and just like said, fuck it, let's go for it. Let's wait, let's go for it. Uh, and like went for it for three years. This could be the dominant franchise in Minnesota. Like everybody refers to the links, and the links were fucking amazing and they were great, but no one and it's it fucking sucks. No one actually thinks about the Lynx in terms of like, you know, like dominant franchises in Minnesota sports history. Right? They think about the Twins. It's like, oh, and when you ask most sports dudes, like, what was like, what was the last team that won a, uh, uh, won a, uh, you know, a world world championship? And everybody would be like, the Twins. Most, you know, everybody else who's like smart be like, well, uh, the Stars, and the Lynx after them. So, um. There's an opportunity for Minnesota to be 
so fucking good. Like, we have a great city. We have a great stadium. We have amazing fans. And we just fucking punch ourselves in the dick again and again and again. And it's frustrating. <laughs> I, I didn't think we were going down the dick punching route this <laughs> Uh, you know what, have, you, have you listened to this podcast before? <laughs> Things were so bright and <laughs> right. shiny. So let's so so we've made the we made the things. I don't think we're going to make any other changes uh, to the roster uh, ahead of the season. Um, so our roster is. I, I threw this in the, the our our outline. Um, pretty straightforward. Pookie up top, uh, Lude on the left, uh, Bongi on the right, Ray if he's available. Obviously, that's a whole other question. Um, Caden Clark probably stepping in and, and Song Min Jong behind him if Caden Clark's not ready to go. Um, Trap and Rosales probably in the midfield or Trap, no. sorry, Trap and Dotson in the midfield. Um, Rosales on the left, I think, is probably the thing. Tapias, Boxall, uh, and then DJ Taylor on the right. I think, where do we, so Dan, where do you think we need to um, make some uh, improvements on this roster? I will, I'll, I was going to say right off the back, um, I love Rosales as a left back. He's done that a lot for Costa Rica. Um, but, or no, sorry, Honduras. Um, but he, I think uh, we need a, a new up, upgrade on left back. I, so I, I wildly disagree, but I will, I will throw this hot take out there. If I'm right and Joseph Rosales is a top division left back, I think he can be, then Minnesota United will, will host a home playoff game. If he is not, then I think they will struggle to make the playoffs. I think that he is that important wait, in the system. Wait, can you can you repeat that? Yeah, so I think if Yosef Rosales is as good a left back as I think he can be, which is to say top 50% of fullbacks in the league, I think Minnesota can host a playoff game. Okay, if, top four. If he, yeah, if he can't. Or if he's not above that line, if he's a, a second division player, excuse me, I think they will struggle to make the playoffs. I think he can be that influential in the team. So I I love Yosef Rosales. Um, if you, as a true degenerate, watched the Honduras-Mexico uh, CONCACAF Nations League Group A quarterfinal, and if you need that many qualifiers for one game... You are a broke, you're a broken person. Uh, (laughs) He was, and this is against Mexico's A team. He was incredibly good for Honduras. He was genuinely one of their like two best players on the field. Really? He looked fantastic. And if he can be that kind of player for Minnesota, Mm -hmm. boy, it opens up a lot of doors. Uh, I wonder what they're doing for him there. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's, he's also young. I mean, he's like, what, 22, 23? Yeah. Question mark. Hmm. He is. He's twenty three. So I think. I mean, he has a little bit of the same problem that Hassani Dotson did, right? Like, he's so physically gifted and a really has a high soccer IQ. So they just move him around. I mean, you, yeah. if you look at his stat sheet from last year, he was playing the six. He was playing left wing. He was playing left back. He played eight on occasion. I don't think they put him in at striker, but it wouldn't surprise me that much. So I think the fact that he was finally settling down and getting consistent playing time mm-hmm. at one position, I think he finally showed, okay, I, like I can develop here. I just needed to be given a chance. Yeah. So I am totally good with Yosef Rosales playing 
left back as a starter. I'm comfortable giving him half the season to prove he can hack it. The position I would like to see the team improve, and this is pretty consistently true across MLS, is the six. I think, mm. uh, honestly, though, I, I got to tell this. The the highlight of my offseason vis-a-vis the loons was uh, my wife got me a knife skills class for Christmas, which nice. is, it was fantastic. It was so much fun. Uh, we learned way good life skills. Uh, not Well, life skills too, but knife skills. Uh, and Will Trapp was in my class. Uh, no way! Yeah. Yeah. So it was like 10 of us. And the beauty of it was the woman standing next to him had no blessed clue who he was. So we were all just like chatting around. And she was like, oh, what do you do? And Will was like, I'm a professional soccer player. And she was like, no. I would like, I didn't say anything because I, <laughs> I always feel like awkward being when athletes or celebrities are like in public, I want to give them their space, but I just, it was so cute. Also, he was wearing an absolutely dynamite sweater. Uh, just absolutely fantastic. I love Will Trapp. Uh, I don't think he's a first division holding midfielder anymore. And so bringing in someone who can put the fear of God into opposing strikers and who makes every kind of brittle player on the opposing team, hold their knees out of just terror for their ACLs. I think if Minnesota had that type of player, it would make a world of difference for this team. Right. And so I agree with that uh, assessment. I think, um, you know, the idea though, is that Rosales is that number six and you bring in a, you bring left back. (sighs) Okay. We're going to have to hard to get here. Cause I I think, (laughs) I mean, I, Honestly, I think he, I think he could be both, right? So I think it's he. I think he he's shown. I watched that same um, uh, Honduras game against Mexico, and I was like, "Holy fuck, that dude is a, a great fucking left back." Um, are we willing to play him as a left back? Uh, could be also mitigated by playing more of a three-four-three situation or mm-hmm. a different kind of pressing situation. Uh, playing more of a 4-3-3 instead of a 4-2-3-1, which is what we have consistently played. So there's, uh, I think there's lots of things. I I agree. I think Will Trapp is, is amazing. Um, he's done a lot for uh, the U.S. and for Minnesota. Um, I would love to see him get sort of like one little, you know, kind of like final like season of doing that and also like transitioning in uh, someone else to sort of like, take over his role and ideally I would like to see his role be more of a, in a, in like a, you know, central midfielder at a four, three, three, as opposed to a, um, you know, a six. And four. coach Beyonce, Cam Knowles, uh, was, I am trying so hard to get coach Beyonce to stick and it just, <laughs> it, it isn't, but I'm still going to try. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Jess has heard me drop that one before. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, it's Beyonce's brother. It's Cam, it's Cam, Cam Knowles. Cam Knowles. Honestly, uh, but <laughs> I mean, if he plays for the Twins, the pants will make that happen. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> have, you, have you have you seen the dicks, bud? I I had a really great tweet about the dicks last night. So, <laughs> uh, just for anyone who hasn't seen this yet, Fanatics, who is the one that jacked Minnesota United jerseys up to two hundred dollars a pop, won the Major League Baseball contract this year and oh, managed no. to produce pants that were entirely see-through. There are at least two states where those pants are not legal uh, because they violate indecency laws. Like, they're my my favorite, and the jerseys are terrible, cock, too. Cock, cock and balls. 
Uh, you Listen, can just like you can. It, there was a picture of a dude. I don't even remember who it was in spring training, and it looked like he shoved truck nuts down his pants. It, like the outline was unmistakably balls. I'm very excited to find out who has the most medium penis in all of baseball. That's how. <laughs> that's how awesome these pants are. These pants are awesome. Do not change them, Major League Baseball. Do not change them at all. Union <laughs> President Tony Clark dropped what, probably my favorite sports quote of the last decade last night uh, when he dropped the phrase, the universal concern is the pant. <laughs> and I'm genuinely thinking about getting it on a mug and just like holding it up during meetings. Uh, because right, you, should, you should make that a mug and then, and then drop, drop one off with the black heart. <laughs> Oh, that's true. I bet I, I should do that. Uh, I don't remember what the hell I was saying when we got into that. Uh, oh, yeah, Coach Beyonce. Uh, in the preseason, uh, ran out of 4-3-3. And I think Will Trapp, as the central mid in a 4-3-3, can be really successful. Um, I still think the team is best served, particularly as Rosales gets forward more than, honestly, any fullback we've had since Roman Metinair to have a more defensive minded player there, but I'll be really interested to see what, what coach Ramsey wants to do. And if he's look, I think this team, I have said this all off season. This team could be fun as hell in a three, five, two. They'll just never run it. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, so Dan, given the players that we have right now, obviously I don't think anything's going to change between now and, you know, the end of the transfer window, I think, which ends in fucking April or whatever. Um, what so? What would your your ideal formation and starting lineup be? Uh, Assuming everybody's healthy, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, 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 if you want me to go first, I can go first. So. Yeah, go first. I've got this pulled up somewhere. I just can't find it. Okay. So, uh, Saint Clair in the back, obviously. Uh, Tapias, Boxall, um, with the players we have right now, Taylor, and then uh, Rosales on the left for the back four, and then, I mean, I would go. Ariaga, Reynoso, Trap. Fuck, I'm. Yeah. Lude, Pookie, Bongi. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure a way to fucking fit uh, Sung Bin in there as much as I possibly can. But um, he's got to prove to me that he can finish. Like, yeah. I love him as a super sub. Yeah. But he, from what we saw last year, really good drive, really good instincts as a striker, and the final touch of a blacksmith. Yeah. If he, if so, he, if he can find a way to start finishing, like coming on later, then you can find a way to, you find a way to slot him in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, he can fit up top. He can fit on the right. I think he's really versatile. And so I, I don't mind not having a starting role for him. I feel the same way about Caden Clark. Like, in a perfect world, do you get him on the field? Sure. D is it the worst thing to have him coming on in the 60th to run at tired legs? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, I'm going to say it's a 4-4-2 diamond. Uh, DSC at the back, same back four as you, Rosales, Tapias, Boxall, Taylor, right to, uh, left to right. Um, big thing to watch this season will be at what point Victor Erickson takes over for Michael Boxall. I think that's inevitable, but we'll find out. Uh, and then Trap, uh, Dotson and Lude as the wings, Reynoso as sort of a false nine, and then Pookie and Huang Wane up top. Mm, 
All right. Cool. Uh, all right. Um, anything else on the, 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 I mean, I guess this is pretty much our fucking season preview of the, of the team. So. All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, other, there's, there's been a couple of things. Uh, League's Cup was announced. Uh, we are playing uh, Seattle and Nicaxa. Um, we are not hosting this year, so we are going to Seattle and theoretically hosting Nicaxa, but they have not announced uh, dates for that. Nicaxa has not lost uh, since the start of the uh, League MX um, uh, Apertura, if I believe, so... That's a fun thing. Um, we most of us assume that the game is going to happen in Minnesota, um, but no one has. They have actually not announced any particular dates. Uh, U.S. Open Cup is also a a fun. Who knows? A fun thing that a lot of us are really pissed off about. Uh, yeah, no word on whether Minnesota is participating in that. Uh, conversation. I know there there is uh several SGs who are going to be boycotting League's Cup. Um, if uh, I mean boycotting League's Cup generally, and then definitely if if Minnesota is not participating, um, I will say for one, I am participating in the fucking League's Cup boycott. If uh US Open Cup is happening, is not happening with Minnesota, and honestly, it, 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 the if the way it's Seeming to happen, I'm gonna definitely be pursuing a boycott of uh US Summer Cup. So um that's me personally. Uh and you know, I don't wanna speak for anybody else on the Days of No podcast or any other organization that I'm affiliated with. I'm affiliated with a lot of organizations, but <laughs> I boycotted last year's M- League's Cup. Fuck MLS uh, if this I boycotted last year's League's Cup uh on account of being broke and at a family reunion. So that was like a real, <laughs> real easy choice to make. But yeah, I mean, I think the League's Cup is a pretty transparent money grab. U.S. Open Cup has real history. Fuck MLS. It's the uh, it's the oldest uh, continual. It's the oldest continental competition in 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 the United States. So, uh, and the fact that the MLS is willing to blow it up for literally nothing. Um, and and things that they could have easily changed if they just changed their rules, like just tweak their rules a little bit, uh, speaks volumes about MLS. So um, how did yeah. they get so self important? That's a good question. Just money, money, money. Yeah, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Never had a great calling here in the states, right? That's the whole thing. We don't we don't play the footy. So, uh, so like all these soccer people got together and they were like, oh, we're better than you. <laughs> the, and so, we want so, to, you to watch our sport. So just the, the, the problem is, is that we've always played the footy. It just, it's been on the down low. People don't, they're like, oh yeah, like those are, yeah, those are, Football, soccer players, whatever they don't, they don't, right. they don't care. They don't matter. And then, you know, they just kept playing and playing and playing and playing and playing. And Maybe then, um, I think in like it was, was it like I think in like it was 1990 where 
the number of uh, uh, amateur soccer players surpassed the number of baseball player, like amateur baseball players. Like soccer has been the biggest fucking sport in this in this country in terms of amateurs sports for at least thirty fucking years, and no one actually is willing to acknowledge it. Um, but you know, it is what it is. If we if MLS can't make money off of it, then they're not going to do anything to promote it. So, well, Dan, how do you feel about that? I think it's just a huge bummer, right? Like, and some of this, some of this is like MLS's complete rejection of the pyramid. And this isn't a pro rel argument. I'm not going that direction, but just like refusal to acknowledge that USL is fundamentally good for the, the growth of the game. And so every time an MLS team loses to anyone who's not an MLS team, that it's like embarrassing and it shouldn't, it shouldn't be right. Like the FA cup glories in the cup sets. And for some reason, MLS just is so self-important using Jeff's, Jess's words, uh, self-serious. Like they just seem to not understand that this is fundamentally a game. And they seem to think that it's like, Oh, the world's weirdest investment bank. And- <laughs> it's goldman it's goldman sachs um (laughs) i came up with that right now and i think i regret doing so uh oh no you're only encouraging me it's worse from here Uh, stop stop jess stop jess stop 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 there's no floor there's no floor i mean point being like yeah mls can't make money off it but they could if they wanted to and they did it right. Dan, if they Dan, if they, they understood fu- what its value was, then they were part of the they were part of the people who owned the fucking rights for the last goddamn twenty years. They could have made money off it. They choose they chose not to. And I, then when they severed their rights, they're like, "Oh, we can't make money off of this, and so it's it's not worth us to us." It's it's a it's a it's a fucking bullshit argument. Uh and. It's aggress- aggressively bullshit because, like, they I, – I, I don't know. This is maybe get into, like, fucking tinfoil Ted uh, territory, but I think they tried to spike it as much as they possibly could. COVID helped, obviously, but obviously. they were not – they were not trying to, like, promote this thing because they, mm-hmm. they did not control the actual revenue. However, vis-a-vis uh, some marketing, SUM marketing um, – they were in charge of the fucking media rights and they actively did not promote this thing and they actively did not push it out to people. Again, tinfoil Ted stuff and I don't want to get into like Ted Westervelt fucking pro-rel bullshit. (laughs) But like, I, I, this is like, there's like a conspiracy theory that uh, I believe in. Um, It's, it's a, John Kennedy was uh, not shot by Lee Oswald and this one. Those are my two. I get, I get, I get. You get two. You get two conspiracy theories that you are that you believe in, and these are my two. I don't think I've decided mine yet. Mine well, this are. Is, this, this is a good, is a good one, one. Jess. This this is a good one. This one's probably true. Uh, 
I'll, I will do this one. And uh, Michael Jordan didn't retire. He was forced to play minor uh, league baseball by David Stern because yes. he had gotten into way too deep into gambling debts. Yeah, that's so I, I guess I guess I got three because I, I also leave that one too. So I mean, that's I, I know I, I don't consider that a conspiracy. I think consider that a fucking fact like that. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, um, sorry, Dan, I, I derailed you. All right, all right. Well, so if that one's fact, then uh, mine is CV Wonders not blind. Fuck. All right, all right. You on the uh, uh, open cup stuff? That that one might get a little weird. So, okay. All right, are we done, Dan? Yeah. Oh, so, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> All right, so uh, prediction time. Um, nut up or shut the fuck up. Where do we think Minnesota United finishes this year? Dan, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to you first. Where do you think we I, finish? I I kind of put my flag in the ground that if Joseph Rosales is as good as I think he is, that this team could could finish as high as fourth. I'm looking at the Western Conference night right now and regretting having said that because the conference is really tough this year. Uh, but you know what? I'm not a coward. God hates cowards. And uh, I'm going to say fourth. Damn. Okay. Yes. Wow. Like, my brain doesn't really work that way. <laughs> I feel like this season will be better than last season. That's, yeah, okay. And that's, I haven't been able to say that before. (laughs) Not believably, really. You got a number? Ah, gosh, I don't know. I would say we make it. Playoffs or no playoffs? Playoffs, for sure. Okay, so we're we're at least 10th because 9 and 10 play each other. Yeah, I know that. Right, eight yeah. nine play each other, right? Eight nine play each other, yeah. Okay, so at least ninth. So okay, at least ninth. All right. I'm gonna say they... sixth. Okay. Dan, fuck you, second. Let's oh, go. all right. Who wins it? Who wins what? So who who finishes ahead of, of Minnesota United? Oh. Houston. Houston's gonna be good this year. Yeah. So I'm I'm the the positive one on the podcast, guys. That's... FYI. <laughs> MNUFC staffer listening to this podcast. I'm the positive one. I'm the positive one. I'm just, Not <laughs> I'm just <laughs> optimistic. I'm happy to be here. I'm feeling a little more zen. So, I don't know. Maybe I've done yeah. some self-care in the no, off season. No, it just that's that's amazing. I, I here's the, <laughs> here's here's why I think we finished second because listen, there's it, chaos sometimes breeds like um, genius, genius, and also like uh, comforting, right? Like everybody's like, you know what's what? We're gonna rally around this guy. Like they're gonna rally on Cam. A lot of, like if their plan, if their plan is to like focus on younger kids, like they're gonna rally around the guy who's been with them for a while, right? Cam yeah. has been with them for a while, yeah. and. They, if they they want to like they obviously want to make him look good, right? So like 
I know, like, the, the, the first five games is a fucking gauntlet for Minnesota. And if they can get through those games with, like, like, you know, 10 points, five games, 10 points, like, I think everybody will look at it like, oh, okay, it's two points a game. That's really fucking good. And, yeah. and if that's before Ramsey shows, so my, I guess I should throw out here, my estimation is that Ramsey shows up, um, the April, like not, so he he's either shows up Philadelphia game, which is March, I think March 30th, which yep. is right after the international break or the, he, he waits until the first home game, but I'm, he's going to be here at some point. And theoretically, hopefully the team's, uh, lawyers are working on, um, the visa stuff that clearly they're not working on other, uh, contracts that the, uh, other people have with them. Uh, I'm just going to leave that out there uh, for the world. Uh, so hopefully they're working on the visa shit and that he's here. And so if he's here, um, you know, for that Philadelphia game, great. And I think, you know, it seems like Khaled Elamad has a, a vision for the team. seems like he's picked a manager to fit that vision and he's going to kind of push people into that vision, whether or not, I think we are not going to be um, uh, complete until the summer. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely going to be several summer moves. I think that's kind of, I, I, I'm hoping that's what he sold Sherry and, and Bill on when he, he interviewed with them like that. Listen, like it's, we're not going to happen. It's not going to happen this, this winter, but in the, in the summer, I, I know where I can people I can make people, you know, happen, whether they're people in the championship or, you know, from abroad, from th- through the city group or whatever that he knows. But uh yeah, man, I I I, I don't know. Let's fucking go. Second. I wanna I wanna believe. Dan, I and, and Jess, I've I've so long been frustrated with this team. Mm-hmm. Uh he I mean heat out is like a thing. It, it hangs over my head. It's like a fucking guillotine. And it was only until this last, like literally the second half of last year where people were like, he's out, he's out. And I was like, where the fuck have you motherfuckers been <laughs> for the entire goddamn six years? And now I'm like, and every and everybody's like, oh, we're going to start the, the Ramsey out uh, beer or whatever. And I'm like, who said that? Several Do people. Do they know I, us? And, and but I was like, I don't. I I want to give this guy time. A I want to give. Yeah. Adrian Heath was a whole fucking other thing. It wasn't even necessarily about like how he started playing. It was just he was a dickhole to me from the fucking get go. And I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm also an asshole. I I will. I admit that. I'm. <laughs> I'm. Re- I'm readily an asshole. However, I literally met the dude, shook his hand. He told me to fuck off because of my Liverpool hat, and I was like, "Okay, you are a fucking dick." Like, <laughs> listen, you don't do that. Like, listen, this is Minnesota. When I when I see when I see this Man U guy, I'm I'm not gonna be like, "Hey, hey, fuckhead, you 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 worked for Man U, fuck off, you fucking <laughs> wanker or whatever." Like, no, no, it's not it's not that. And I think that is the thing I want to try and convey to people. Yeah, is that. I want to. I want to believe. I want to believe. I'm. I'm. And listen, it's a fucking Man U guy and a Man City guy, the two teams 
outside of Everton, I hate the fucking most <laughs> as a Liverpool fan. Right? The two teams. Dan. Man U. Fucking hate Man U. Man City. I fucking hate Man City. Because of my wife. She's a fan. She she got on right before the fucking oil money took over. And then they just became this fucking thing that's fucked my team for the last. And your team. To be fair, oh, yeah. For the last uh, seven years. Um, mostly for the last seven years. Your team always. My team only mostly. Um, however, I'm going to give them a chance. I want to give them a chance. I want to believe in a Minnesota United, in a Minnesota team, I want to believe again in that this team could win something. I, 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 I truly, Jesse, you're, 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 you're guffawing. I truly, truly I'm do. I'm just giggling. That was I not tr- guffawing. I truly do. I do. I really, I truly want to believe. And do you believe in life after love? You know what? I believe in love after love. <laughs> so yeah fucking second second man let's 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 fucking go i think the, the reason i think i can get with that is if you look at the way the season starts all right so we got austin obviously coming up Ray's oh, not gonna fucked. Play- oh yeah for sure ray's out boggy's out like mm. i don't, I don't oh. know unless unless pookie just like goes ballistic and scores like Three from half, which you know that'll happen. I mean, Austin's also not good, so there's a possibility That's, we could we could we could steal something from Austin. So I, we we get a draw there, and then it's home against the Crew, who just won the title. Away right. to Orlando City, who are very good. Home to LAFC, who are very good, and away to Philly. So that's your first five games before the first like real winnable game, the the April sixth game against RSL. Yep. At that point everybody's like pent up narrative about Minnesota United is going to come out full flag. Right? <laughs> like, Oh, this team, like they can't win. They, they shouldn't have fired Adrian Heath. And like the, the fact that they had to wait for these guys, like they're so screwed. And look, if there is one thing that unites every Minnesota team, I don't mean men's team. I don't even just mean professional team. Yeah. If if you play your sport in Minnesota, you have this chip on your shoulder that says, oh, you don't think so. <laughs> you think, coastal elite, that you are so smart. Watch this. And Minnesota's probably going to be 0-5. If I'm if we're honest, they are either going to be 0-1 and 4 or 0-5. And, and everyone's going to be shit talking. Everyone's going to be pointing laughing. We're going to hear transfer rumors about Ray. We're going to hear transfer rumors about Bonky. And Eric Ramsey, whether he is head coaching or not, is already going to be working behind the scenes. But at that point, so RSL, Dynamo, Charlotte. And uh, Sporks at home are the next run of games. Every single one of them is going to look and say, well, this team's busted. Maybe not Sporks. Sporks might figure it out because I think Peter Vermees is ahead of a coach. I think I think Kansas City is actually going to be good at the start of the season. They oh. they started like with no wins for their te- first 10 matches last year, and they were like the hottest team going into the playoffs. So I think I, I'm, I'm not worried about Kansas City, yeah. 
I think they'll be good. I think all of those other teams will look at Minnesota like three easy points. Mm-hmm. And I think they are going to find something out. And so all of a sudden, this team is not going to be 0-0-5. They're going to be like 4-0-5 going into that game against Sporks. And all of a sudden, Minnesota has typically had at least a hot stretch in the summer. Yep. And Eric Ramsey is going to like double that. And so all of a sudden, we're going to hit like end of August. Minnesota is going to be in somewhere between like fifth and third, hotter than a $2 pistol. And it's going to be a different kind of put up or shut up moment. And Ramsey is going to figure out how to get this team to, instead of falling apart the way every Adrian Heath team did in a non COVID year, (laughs) he is going to figure out how to get this team to play together consistently. And at least up until the playoffs, they are going to be really good. And I agree with you that no matter how this season starts, the money gets spent this summer. Promises have been made to Khaled El Ahmad and to Eric Ramsey that the squad you see today will not be the squad that finishes the season. Otherwise, those guys aren't showing up. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anything else on the on the preview for the season? How much fun is it to hope? To think this team might be better than it looks on paper for five here's here, yeah. Here's the thing: like I, I hoped last year. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna give it a chance. I'm gonna I'm gonna hope. I'm gonna instead of going in like pessimistic. And I, you know, I was, you know, it's like whatever. I kind of like I knew what I was going into. I didn't expect. I mean, I part of my hope was like that Adrian Heath would lose his job at the end of the season. <laughs> Did not expect he would lose his job, uh, you know, like two games before the end of the season. But, you know, it, you know, it is what it is. Potato, potato. Um, that was a whole other. It was like a. It was like I was hoping on like on a good team that we had, and then obviously Robin Lude, you know, busted his shit, and it is what it is. I, I think, and that's the that's the funny thing is like people like bitch at me uh, on you know, on the social medias. I'm like, I always, like, I truly want the best for this team. I truly want to hope. I truly, and I I really do. Like, I want this team to fucking win. I do. I uh, Everybody thinks I, like, hate on this team. I don't hate on this team. I want this team to fucking win. I want this team to, like, win every fucking game. Uh, and if they lose every game, I mean, that's good podcast content but like that's if i had to <laughs> shut this fucking podcast down because we won every goddamn game i would do it in a goddamn heartbeat i would fucking trade that you know whatever so um uh, can we sign off on this thing now i'm 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 weirdly hopeful i'm i'm weirdly hopeful i was i'm just going to say uh minneapolis city minnesota aurora both dropped their schedules uh for the season um Please come hang out with me. I mean, maybe you can see me in in the uh, Wonderwall at uh, Minnesota United matches, but I'm definitely available uh, in the Minneapolis City at Edward Nelson Field in at Augsburg for Minneapolis City games. Um, I'm also in the uh, sports section for Aurora. Um, so yeah, come hang out and uh, and talk to us there. So we we have not officially like announced our uh, 
what our schedule is going to be like, but probably going to be like every other week or so. Um, there might be a rotating cast of, 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 of pirates on this pirate ship or that we have created that I've, that I've semi created. We are the longest running, um, Minnesota United podcast right now. So wow. well, that... if we are right now, then yeah, we're, we're, we're going to keep it. I, I really, not, ain't nobody going to hold us down. I really <laughs> want to keep it that way. Rolling. I really want to keep it that way, but also like, I, I don't think I can do this every goddamn week. So we're, we're going to maybe switch it up. We might do week to week. We might do every other week. We, we, we might just, it, it's going to be like a kind of a rolling thing. Um, please send your questions into us. If you have any questions or if you have any thoughts or concerns um, at TDAKMN, uh, right in view of the podcast, wherever you get it, Dan, we can, we can find you at D Wade, not the Dwayne Wade, but at D Wade, right? Correct. And uh, I'm, blue, I'm blue sky as well. Blue sky, and you have you have a uh, are you do you have a newsletter? No, uh, I don't write consistently oh, enough for you... that. But I I am keeping I am keeping Heath out open. Oh, so right, 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 right. When I um, do write, you could write it. You can find me at Heath. You know what? You know what? You you should you you should. I'll, we can throw. It, I can, we have a Dave's. I know has a Substack. We could throw it on the Substack if you want. If you if oh, you want, like yeah, yeah, I'm done. With larger that. kind of stuff. Dave's I know dot Substack dot com. I know there's Nazis over there. Uh, yeah, we, we could probably move that too. <laughs> um, I don't know if, if you're still listening, Patreons, patreon.com slash Dave's. I know I please don't you stop subscribing to that. Uh, Jesse's show at the Blackheart, yes! March 14th. Come visit that. Uh, I'm at Texas Zeller on the Twitter and the Blue Sky. Uh, MJ is at MJ Matsui at Twitter and the Blue Sky. And Jess is at Jessica. One four four zero eight three nine two. Because she has not changed that at all. Never. Anyways, anyways. So, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been way longer than we thought. Uh, the and very, you bad. Love it. Bye, very, very substantial. Uh, very uh, early, hastily thrown together loons preview podcast extravaganza. That was supposed to be about an hour. It's now two hours. Thanks and listen. Man. Good day. Try and work it out Cause we both know We can't do nothing at all Oh, 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 do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.